Hey, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today, I'm here with Mindy Harms Coleman. Mindy is a psychotherapist utilizing a healing center approach. Her practice is located in Illinois. To connect with Mindy, follow her on Instagram at Healing Centered Counseling. Mindy, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you really? Good morning, Fran. Um, thank you for having me. I I am actually pretty tired this morning, <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. We're getting ready to uh, go on vacation and I've been out of the office for a few days. So, uh, but I'm really happy to be here and meeting with you. Thank you. I'm really happy to have you here with me as well. And I know it's really hard on a Monday morning, especially when you've had <laughs> some time off and you're getting ready to vacation. Yes. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, my pleasure. So you have been working in direct mental health service since 1996. So over the past two decades, what changes have you seen in mental health and the mental health community? Oh, gosh, I, I myself, just speaking from my short time in uh, mental health, I have seen uh, significant changes in the direction of um, decreasing the stigma for one that surrounds mental health. We're talking about it more than we've ever talked about it. Um, and even more so since the pandemic um, started. Um, and that has really highlighted the need for support, more support in this area and more conversations around it. Um, I have experienced more discussions around bringing in evidence-based practices to really give validity to the work that we do. Not to say that there wasn't validity before. However, anytime there is evidence based to what we do, I think that helps certainly to support the work we are doing. Um, I've seen a lot of progress in how um, medications are prescribed or um, not prescribed depending on the doctor's approach and um, which that is really promising. Um, I think I worked in mental health in a time where there was a lot of overprescribing. And now what I'm seeing is doctors are, most doctors are taking a more conservative approach and really trying to encourage their patients to uh, also attend therapy that it's not just medication will fix all. It's okay. Well, we can try this and you need to attend therapy because, you know, research has proven that both medication and therapy combined um, have the most uh, effective outcomes usually. So it sounds like there's been a lot of amazing progress. And I don't think we always take the time to realize how far we've come because of course there is still this giant stigma surrounding therapy, surrounding mental health, surrounding medication. So mm-hmm. we focus so much on that that we don't see how much has changed over time mm-hmm. and how far we yes. have come. And I love that medication is starting to get more of a conservative approach because we do mm-hmm. tend to overprescribe in general in today's society. Yes. Medication seems to be that quick fix. And we live in a world where we want that quick response. We want that quick answer. That's why Amazon is amazing because you order, you get it that day, the next day. You Mm -hmm. want that quick. But Mm -hmm. therapy is essential because it helps get that underlining cause. Mm -hmm. Medication can't heal something that, that feeling of not being enough. It can help, but it can't heal it. That work is done within you. Yes. So I love how much has changed, but what else would you like to see change in the future? Oh gosh. 
Um, we still have so much uh, work to do. I think we are moving in the, the right direction with therapists um, really talking more and there's a push for them to become more culturally competent and to have more um, people of color in our field um, to serve um, those that want to see themselves reflected in their therapist. Um, that's very important for some people. And I think that there is a certain kind of healing that uh, for some people, they can only experience that when, when they're with someone um, that they uh, can see themselves in. So, um, so I think it's really important for us to continue to grow and challenge ourselves in that area. Um, I think we need to continue to work in the area of advocacy, mental health. Um, I really want to see us move in a direction that going to see a therapist is like going to see a personal trainer or going to see maybe a nutritionist or, uh, or going to the doctor, you know, no one ever questions that. Um, and I think from what I have seen and experienced with some of our younger populations, they do talk about it like that. Oh yeah, I've got therapy. Um, they talk about it like that with their with their friends. It's almost a bit of a bitch, a badge of honor. So, um, so I think that's good. We just want to be careful that going to therapy doesn't become trendy, and that it is something that is taken uh, seriously, and that when someone is going to therapy, that they are truly there to do the work. Yes, exactly. Mental health has become a trending topic in a lot of ways. Yes. And although it's great that it's trending in a way that we're talking about it, we also mm-hmm. have to talk about it in a serious manner because it yes. is serious, just like your physical health. It is serious mm-hmm. and you have to treat it with the same respect as you would your physical mm-hmm. health. You can't, it's not a joke. Your mental health is not a joke. It is so essential. Your mental health can affect your physical health. It affects who you are and who you become. Yes. Yes. It can't yes. be taken lightly, as you said. And I love right. that you brought that up. Right. Yeah. And I think that that also brings up another area of growth is the mind-body connection. Um, because our minds and our bodies are very much connected. Um, and we've really... Um, I don't know if we've gotten away from that or if it's just kind of been that way for so long that um, the way we treat in Western medicine um, is not always to look at the connection of the mind and the body, but to treat maybe more of the body or to treat maybe more of the mind. And they, I mean, they're, they're connected. So there's no question that um, we need to continue to grow in that area as well. Um, from understanding how the foods that we eat, how those affect our mood and our hormones, um, to the things that we consume on social media, on TV, um, things that we read, music we listen to, and how that affects our bodies. So, yes. Exactly. The mind-body connection is a lot deeper than how we kind of perceived it lately. Mm-hmm. We perceived it in a way as well, if you're not feeling well, you may become depressed or anxious, but it's so much deeper than that. It does really, the foods you put into your body, your gut health is connected to your nervous system. Yes. Yes. It's so much deeper than the way we have portrayed it, at least Mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. And 
your hormone levels, your vitamin levels. There's so much that goes into your mood stability and your emotional regulation. Yes. Yes. So what advice would you have for someone who maybe is starting to struggle with their mental health? What first steps should they take or what steps do you think that they should take? Um, when someone is starting, when, when someone has some insight and they know or they feel that something's off, something isn't quite right, um, if they have someone that they trust that they can talk to about it, that might be a good place to start. Um, however, I also recognize that some people are very private um, and some people maybe don't really even have the words um, to be able to communicate that uh, something is off. They may know it, but they, they may not have the language. Um, so there's a plethora of information out there online that can be helpful at times. It can also be the opposite. It can also be very detrimental, but it can be helpful. Um, And there are um, hotlines out there if someone is in a crisis that they can contact. But before that, hopefully they don't get to that point. Um, Just reading about different things, maybe researching mental health providers in your area, um, or maybe even reaching out to a counselor that they find online or that they maybe know and checking in and saying, you know, I'm experiencing this and I'm not really sure what to do. Um, And maybe that provider can help uh, support them or even in in the schools, whether there's a social worker or a professional counselor, um, checking in with them if they are able to. Um, so I think there are a lot of different options on how to seek treatment or, and, or have questions answered about seeking help. Exactly. That is amazing advice. And you personally, as a therapist are trauma focused with a healing centered approach. So what inspired you to take that approach? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I arrived to this more trauma-focused, healing-centered approach. Um, it's been a culmination of my, my life's work up to this point. Um, I think without realizing it, when I was younger, I worked with um, populations that were, were very traumatized. Um, I think I had the knowing that I was working with populations that had a lot of trauma, but maybe I didn't necessarily have the language yet. Um, You know, we're we're all young once, (laughs) and then we become hopefully a little more wise with age, Um, but nevertheless. So I've worked in um, trauma with trauma focused populations throughout my career. And over time, and as I've become more mature professionally and grown professionally, um, I've just naturally gone in this direction. I also have, of course, you know, we aren't, we don't arrive here without our own, without our own story. Um, I come from a family uh, where both my mother and father were trauma survivors in their own right. Um, they both experienced significant trauma in their childhood. Um, And the interesting thing is, I don't think either one of them would even say that they had a traumatic childhood. 
Um, but being a provider, a professional in this field, I can, I can say without question that they are trauma survivors um, for different reasons. So with that being said, them being trauma survivors, they had developed ways of surviving in life that, of course, impacted their parenting and who they are as human beings. And that, of course, impacted myself and, and my siblings. So when I was older, a little bit older, I realized that there were some maybe unhealthy uh, family dynamics, um, unhealthy ways of being in relationships and or relating to other people and, or, and, and relating to myself that I wanted to change. And so I started therapy when I was in my early 20s. And I think that um, that process really changed my life. That is amazing. And therapy, I love how you say it really helped change your life because there is this generational and situational trauma that can be repeated and brought down to us. And a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on generational trauma and how it can affect a child and the next generation? Oh gosh, it, generational trauma <clears throat> can be insidious and is at times insidious. And often families don't know that they are passing down generational trauma. And I do believe that each generation really does try to do better with the next generation, with what they know. Um, I do believe that when people know better, they do better. That isn't always the case, but I I like to believe that for the most part, that is the case. Um, And even with doing better, we can always do more when it comes to healing and health and working on ourselves. Um, we can pass down ways of thinking, um, ways of behaving that are so deeply ingrained in us that we aren't even aware um, of the dysfunction. And then we may realize, oh, well, there's this pattern in relationships that I have conflict with another in this way, however it shows up. And, And sometimes people may um, find themselves thinking that it's everyone else's fault. Um, But yet there is this continued pattern that's showing up in relationship. And it, it would be to their benefit maybe to explore that in therapy. Well, why does this keep showing up? Um, What is going on within me that, um, Am I contributing to this dynamic? How am I engaging in this dynamic? What can I do differently? What do I need to heal um, so that this doesn't continue to happen? So if someone is um, living with generational trauma and they don't realize it, they don't know, what are some early warning signs or questions people could ask themselves to see if they are or not being impacted by generational trauma? That's a very good question, Um, and it's a challenging one because you don't know what you don't know. So I think it takes takes one being open 
to the possibility that in some way they may be contributing to some of the distress that they're experiencing. And I, I wanna be really careful when I say that because I don't want to blame people for others' behaviors. That's not what I'm doing here. Um, I think what, I, what I'm talking about is someone um, being open to that they may have some ways of thinking or doing things or experiencing the world um, ways that may be, um, they may not be very healthy. Um, so I think sometimes checking in with friends can be helpful, um, but not a friend that you know is going to collude with you in your dysfunction. Um, a friend that could give you some honest feedback, someone that you trust, or, or maybe someone maybe that isn't that close to you, but you respect. Um, that maybe they have observed some behaviors or ways of being. Um, this one is a little bit challenging because I think when someone doesn't have insight and or openness to um, their role, it can be really hard to get started in the direction of healing. If that, I hope that makes sense. That does make sense. And I think it's really hard. Like you said, you don't know what you don't know. So sometimes you really don't know if it's you or something that you've gone through or experienced that has taught you certain behaviors or actions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that those were not the best behaviors and responses right. from someone else that you learned, you might not realize that they're bad for you as well and that they're harming you and your mental health. Right. right. Yes. So for example, if you are a daughter and you have a mother that has a way of viewing the world and thinking certain things about how other people should treat you or about how you treat other people. Um, but those are very dysfunctional ways of being. Um, and, and so your mother is never going to kind of check you on that behavior. Um, they aren't going to be the ones that can tell you, you know, um, you may want to look at that a little differently or how are you contributing to that or um, because they themselves are are they passed that way of thinking and behaving down exactly and a lot of times we see when someone goes to try to break that cycle mm -hmm. when it is a parent or a grandparent or a close friend they may not understand and they see right. it as a threat right. to them. And that yes. can be really difficult. So yes. how would you recommend someone who wants to break the cycle, learn how to maybe set boundaries with those mm -hmm. around them? That is probably one of the most challenging things that clients um, face in therapy is learning how to set boundaries with the people that they love. Um, because I think it, for the most part, people that arrive in this office here with me are here to change some of that generational uh, trauma, generational dysfunction, um, and they may not even know it. And usually that will entail setting boundaries with people, whether it's people that are close or people that in their larger circle. Um, 
the best way about it is I think to set boundaries in a way that is respectful. Um, even though the other person you're setting a boundary with may be confused, they may not agree, they may feel very rejected and hurt. And yet, so boundaries are not to keep other people out. They are actually boundaries. You create boundaries so that you can have relationships with people in a healthy way so that you can enjoy the relationship that you do have with them. And it isn't um, it isn't one of angst and distress. Um, and yet it can be very difficult and challenging in families because there is a uh, for families, there is the need for homeostasis that things kind of stay the same. So if one thing starts to change, the family may actually uh, challenge that person even more to get them to shift back in a way that's familiar to them. Um, and that can be really difficult for people. So with, with learning about healthier boundaries, what I often work on with clients is that it's the boundaries are not to change that person. The boundaries are for you, regardless of what the other person does or how they respond to them. The boundaries are for you and to set those with integrity and respect. Um, and if you can, to explain the boundary, this is why I'm setting this boundary with you, to communicate it clearly and effectively. Um, because it, it can be very confusing for the other person if you set a boundary and your behavior is very different than it was before and that hasn't been communicated the other person could be like what's what's happening I'm confused I'm hurt I'm distressed um, so to have communication if you can if it's appropriate and safe um, and then there are some people that no matter how well you communicate the boundary how lovingly and gently you set the boundary um, they won't get it they won't like it and they won't respect it and I think that's when you kind of have to make the decision, okay, I can, I can still love this person and not have a very active relationship with them because they aren't safe or healthy. And that can be really challenging. But it, I tell you what, it is an eye opener for many people when they learn how to love someone, but not to have to actively engage with them in a way that continues to hurt them and that is harmful. First of all, I love how you said boundaries are not meant to keep people out. It's not meant, mm -hmm. we've made boundaries something that's so selfish, like it's wrong to set boundaries. Right. right. Everything you've said is showing how boundaries are meant to protect you and your mental health and create mm -hmm. this healthy relationship for both yes. parties. It's beneficial. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is the that is the hallmark of boundaries that they are meant to create um, these healthy this healthy space for both you and the other person. Um, yeah. So, when it comes to trauma and breaking these trauma cycles, do you think that it's really possible to break these cycles? I know a lot of people feel like it's impossible. How do I change? Because can people change? Can I change? Can I overcome this? Do you think it's something that's really possible? Oh, without question. Without question. 
Um, I think that when you change yourself, um, I, well, maybe not change yourself, when you become healthier, when you become more healed, way that you navigate this world and the way that you engage in relationships with others um, is can be so very healing and you pass that on in interactions without ever realizing maybe um, how you've spoken to another's life and or how maybe you've planted a seed that you will never see grow and yet it will it will grow and it will become this beautiful garden um, that will continue to grow and so on and so on. Um, sometimes in therapy, and, and I can even speak for myself, when I was younger and I was in therapy, the skills that I was learning at the time, I wasn't necessarily consciously aware of everything that I was absorbing and learning. And I, and I dare say it wasn't even very apparent from the outside looking in, but how I um, integrated everything that I had learned in my later years and as I've gotten older has just become this, this really, I think, beautiful garden um, that I tend to within myself and one that I have to continue um, to nourish and grow and challenge myself um, because there's always growth to do. Um, so I think that's just an example of sometimes the work is apparent in the moment in therapy, and sometimes it doesn't show up for years later. Um, and sometimes when it comes to boundaries, maybe with, um, family members that may be a little bit older, um, you, there may not be a lot that you can do in those relationships, but the healing that you um, have within yourself and then that you pass forward to future generations, um, that, that is um, something that is really powerful um, and I think magnificent. Um, and that's what I work to do just within my own parenting. I personally did work when I was younger um, and then I arrived to parenting a little bit later in life, I had my child, uh, my son, when I was 35. Um, and let me tell you what, <clears throat> there is nothing that will remind you of the work and healing you have to do than becoming a parent. So becoming a parent um, was my greatest challenge and blessing. Um, I think that there were um, some unresolved traumas of my own um, that I had to, I was really challenged to work through. And it's an ongoing process um, of me continuing to um, learn and grow and really try to be the best parent that I can be um, and to not pass on, um, continue to pass on that generational trauma. I am so amazed by you because a lot of times as adults, we feel that we have grown, we've evolved, we know the world, we, we're adults, we understand, we get it. And it's not that, it's all about continually or continuing to grow and to evolve and yes. change and to recognize different patterns of behavior within yourself. Mm -hmm. We're not mm -hmm. ever going to get to that point where we're just 
perfect and we don't need right. any more growth or room to grow. You will always have that. And part of being a parent, part of being an adult, part of being a human being is learning to grow and yes. to become the best version of yourself. So if you had to give a piece of advice to a new parent who is starting to realize they have a lot of unresolved trauma, what advice would you offer them? Oh, you, um, that they don't have to suffer um, anymore. They, they don't have to carry this in silence, that there is healing. Um, and the road to healing will not be an easy one. It will require them to work. Um, and yet it will be the greatest reward of their lifetime, breaking this intergenerational trauma. Um, because if you do that within your generation, um, your child will not carry that burden um, and, and so on. So it's, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. That is such powerful advice. Mindy, you are an absolute blessing. Thank you for being such an amazing therapist and counselor. That's very, very needed in today's world. Um, it was an honor talking with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Fran. It was a pleasure being a guest on your podcast. And um, hopefully this will help inspire someone and speak into someone's life and um, if nothing else, encourage them to have conversations. So, yeah. Thank you. I know that it will. You are absolutely amazing. Thank you again. You're welcome.